Welcome to Healing Voices Project, where we share stories of addiction, grief, recovery, and courage. And also from people who work every day in the field of substance abuse who discuss their experiences and advice. I'm Mike Torville, your host. Thank you all for joining us. Okay, today we're back again. Thanks for joining us here at Healing Voices Project. I'm Mike Torville, your host. And today I have a guest, John Cunningham from Joey's Deli in Agawam. And uh, John has a story to share, a very personal story to share that I think will be very inspiring. And John is the chef, owner, and pie master of Joey's Deli. It's been open now since December of 2020. So going on a year and a half, and they've had some great success. And they certainly have some some great food there too. But but we're not here to talk about the food. We're talk about John's story. And um, John, you're also a, a long distance runner too. Um, yeah, I, I've run some miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, and thanks for coming on. I appreciate you coming on, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, well, you you have a story to share, and I know we we didn't get too deep into it, and I know we've got a lot to to talk about. But um, first of all, and I don't want to call you Joey because you're you're not Joey. I'm not Joey. And um, your shirt says so too. Yeah, my shirt says so. <laughs> I, when, when developing the business, yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, everybody's going to call me Joey, so let's just put it on the shirts. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a humorous thing and people like it. People laugh at it and it, yeah. it, it's a talking point when you come into the deli, you know. Well, I might slip. Joey is my wife, Joanne. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I call her Joey. Um, well, the, the business is going well. It is. And, it's uh, going really well. Yeah, and you've had, um, this is a whole new venture for you. And, uh, you know, prior to that, uh, you've had, well, I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead because we're going to get into your story, but you've now had uh, 10 years of sobriety. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, the 10-year thing on the um, the Facebook post, that was uh, 10 years from when I walked out of jail. So I, I've been sober away from drugs for longer than that. I've had one minor slip up about nine years ago. I drank one night. So I, I personally don't keep track of my date. I do know it was sometime in February, and I want to say it was nine years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I, I don't keep track just because that one time I drank, I know it could be gone in a day. So it doesn't really matter when it, it could be 20 years it could be 30 it could be gone tomorrow so mm-hmm. i don't really pay attention to the time and that's not uncommon yeah right? yeah i know i'm not yeah. alone um you know i it is good to share how long it's been so other people know it's possible so right but uh i just for personal reasons don't don't keep track of the exact date you know um and i guess if we we're gonna talk about what happened what your life was like prior to that yeah. years and years before that we might as well start at, at the beginning mm-hmm. right and then see how your story developed and how you've changed and how everything else around you and your life is a complete 180 yep. from what it was before yeah. um so let's just talk about um the beginning how how did your uh, addiction begin um so I, I would say you know i I was one of those, and I, I'm going to talk in AA terms a lot, mm-hmm. just because that's how I've learned uh, yeah. who I am by going through the steps of AA. But um, I believe I was in 
alcoholic from the day I was born in a sort of way. You know, I had all the, what they say, isms. Um, and your family? Yeah, yeah. my family, um, just who I am. You know, I was a really shy, quiet little mama's boy. Mom babied me. Um, I had very little self-confidence. Um, I could not go in front of people, like, just very shy, you know, and um, never comfortable in my own skin. Now, you had brothers and sisters? Well, Two older brothers. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, just my whole whole life, that I was just scared. Like, I was the type of kid that was scared to walk down the road, you know, thinking I'm either going to get kidnapped or something bad's going to happen to me. Like, you know, it was it was weird. It was... It's just how I was as mm -hmm. a young child. Uh, you were the youngest, obviously. Yeah. Three. Um, when you said you had some of the traits or the isms, um, were members of your family? Um, oh, my right. father is an alcoholic. Uh -huh. Oh, what? He's yeah. passed away. Um, he was an alcoholic. Um, my grandmother died of cirrhosis of the liver. Um, I have another brother who's you know had issues as well yeah yeah and um yeah i mean so from from there the from younger yeah. <laughs> yeah so when you grew from the younger age and became a teenager is that when i don't know someone a lot yeah. of a so start, like yeah, i never yeah. really felt like i fit in uh -huh. so um you know i was always my 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 i have got two brothers my second just oldest brother yeah. or older brother is 16 months older than me so I was always in his shadow you know he was a year older than me in college or in high school mm -hmm. and I felt like I never really had my own friends we kind of shared friends and like none of them were mine you know what I mean so I was never never got to be my own person kind mm -hmm. of and um and I just started smoking pot in high school and that's where it all started you know I Kind of, it was a way of getting me out of myself, mm -hmm. you know. And you drank too? No, no I was never really, really a drinker until no. I turned 21. Okay. But I made up for some lost time immediately. Like, um, I, I was just a big stoner, you know. Yeah. I, I graduated high school, and uh, I went to culinary school. Down Is that lo Johnson local, Wales. by the way? High East school? Hampton. East yeah, Hampton? Yeah, okay. born and raised in East Hampton. Yeah, some relatives um, in East Hampton. Yeah, yeah. I talk about that later. <laughs> my whole life was <laughs> yeah. East Hampton. Uh -huh. So um, <clears throat> went to college in Johnson, Wales, down in Providence, Rhode Island. And I did really well because it was something that, you know, I loved learning about. And uh, from there, I did a summer program for college. And I ended up not going back to college and staying where I was and learning culinary skills at the School of Hard Knocks, you know. Just, that was in Providence? Um, no, I did this summer program up in Putney, Vermont. And oh, wow, I, I okay. I spent, like, two yeah. years up at the Putney Inn. Yeah. Um, and just worked, you know, and learned the trade there. Um, but still, I was not really a drinker. You know, I'm not saying I never drank, you know. But, but it I, wasn't it your wasn't, main thing. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, not yeah. a problem yeah, for yeah. me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I, I rarely drank. Um then I came, moved back home. Circumstances brought me back home when I was 20, shortly before I was 21. And um, this is when a restaurant opened up, the log cabin opened oh, yeah. up. And, yep. um, and that's where it all began for me, you know. I, I started working at the log cabin, and we had a lot, I had a lot of friends there. And uh, 
turned 21 there and and just the gates opened up like the floodgates opened up i mean had some of the best years of my life there i spent a lot of years at the log cabin and drinking but you you functioned right through you absolutely yeah i was always a functioning person you know like i made a lot of money back then you know in my mid-20s and and i could have owned a house (laughs) you know had i paid bills and done responsible things but i didn't you know that wasn't me again that's not too uncommon no I mean, no it's, it's <laughs> i guess it's yeah. not yeah yeah, yeah that's because yeah. uh yeah i can look back at some anyway a lot of us yeah have some yeah. of that but um so you, you sort of dove into that then and, mm-hmm. and started getting into either drinking and smoking pot other drugs involved too yeah, yeah that's yeah. when you know cocaine yeah. came into the picture and yeah. uh, that just allowed me to drink longer you know and um and more and mm-hmm. and we had plenty you know sleepless nights and go right back to work and, and like all the while like i i always worked 60 hour work weeks whether it was just the log cabin or the log cabin and a part-time job like i just i've been a worker my whole life plus with in the restaurant business you're working the hours that everybody else isn't working yeah yeah the every weekend and every holiday yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. so you're off with that too. Yeah. Sleeping isn't yep. the normal cycle. No. Um, no. So you dove into it, and did things just? When did things start to get? You probably didn't recognize they were out of control, but when did when did things start yeah. to turn for the? I worse? mean, I'd say yeah. you know by the time I was 22, I was definitely an alcoholic and a drug addict at that point with the cocaine. You know, um, I don't exactly remember entire years per se, but mm. um, I. I ended up moving down to Virginia. I'm thinking maybe I was 23-ish. Yeah. So not long after I turned 21, you know. We rented a house in Northampton, and it was our friend from growing up. It was his house. It was a duplex. And from when I was 21 to about 23, um, we just raged it. And cocaine became a big problem. And... Uh, I had an opportunity to move away down to Virginia with a friend from that I had known from Vermont, mm-hmm. and uh, I did. I I got out of Dodge just to try to get away from the cocaine, you know, because it, it. You you sensed there was a little bit, bit of an issue. Oh there. Uh, yeah, it was an issue. Yeah. I said okay, so, if I go somewhere else. Maybe this will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um. Did that happen? So I went yeah. somewhere else, but you know, as they say in AA, you always take yourself with you, you know. So. I did get away from the drugs, but the alcoholism just really became more prevalent, you know, and I was living by myself, just getting wasted every day, you know. I still showed up at work and and did a great job, you know. I've always been a good worker and whatever. Um, But, yeah, I just, I think that's when I realized, started realizing that. I had a drinking problem maybe, you know. Because you couldn't control it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even then, I might have... At that point, it's like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Like, but and I guess at that age, lower to mid twenties, yeah. you, you feel this sense of invulnerability too, right? Yeah, like it I'm didn't, me. didn't exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like my life was fully functional. Yeah. I showed up at work every day. I did a good job, you know. Um, it didn't pan out down in Virginia. It just wasn't my thing. I'm a small town type of kid, you know, and it's very big down there, you mm. know, city and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I was not comfortable. You came back up here. Yeah, came back up here. Yeah. Uh, and went right back to the log cabin and O'Mara's. And O'Mara, I don't know if you know, O'Mara's was a Hoyoke bar. I remember O'Mara's. It used to be the Broadview. 
Yes, yeah, that's the place. That goes way back. Hit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and now so it's uh, we had a lot of yeah, 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 it's um, yeah, it's an Irish place. Remember the pride right, feet yeah. and O'Meara's. Okay. We had a lot of good well, good days at O'Meara's and yeah. good nights and yeah. some bad, I guess. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I you know came back to the log cabin and and uh, I went to you know Northfield Mount Hermon. I worked up there for some years and lived. But in But you continued drinking. All of yeah, I've yeah. always a drinker. Um, you know, we'll go in and out of the cocaine, I think. And um, again, the years I wish I did know exactly when, but you know, I was at the log cabin and someone gave me a Percocet for the first time, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." Some people they take one of those pills and they're out cold and complete opposite for me i mean the second it hits my stomach i got the butterflies and i have more energy than you can ever imagine and it just it's weird how you know the, the, the chemistry allergy, affects you different, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. you know I, I'd, I'd call it an allergy i'm just allergic to those pills like it just you did you continue to take them oh yeah of course if you felt that way you would absolutely take them you know and so um, you kept taking it, and you needed more, I would imagine. Yeah, you and build a tolerance, yeah. yeah. And it just, and I'll never forget the day that I realized I had an addiction addiction to Percocets. I was in Chicopee, you know, living with a girl um, who I eventually got engaged with, and um, that was the beginning of my downfall. But, um, yeah, I was up there. That's and, not uncommon either. I know. I know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I, I'll yeah. always remember that day, yeah. yeah. I, I so what, just can you describe my, that day? Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, a friend of mine gave me a methadone pill because you can get high on methadone too. Um, and I don't remember exactly if you have to take a lot or whatever, but mm -hmm. I just remember taking that methadone pill and feeling better. And I'm like, holy shit like this is it i actually am addicted to these things and um you know maybe i thought about it before but it never really registered or i didn't really think about it it just wasn't a thing the other thing but, too i would i would guess not to interrupt you're a couple of years is going by now it's a blur and you're getting a little older you start to think how many years am i going to do this yeah how, what am, where am i doing right yeah uh, i mean uh, yeah honestly i don't even know because my life you know i live with a girl i had a good job i it was making good money life just kept going yeah, yeah. yeah um but i i was hiding this addiction from the girl i was living with you know so it wasn't out there in the open she she didn't even know you were hiding the pills but you weren't hiding the drinking no because drinking's no. a social drinking's thing okay anyway. yeah so drinking you're always doing it with yeah, somebody but. yeah how about your family your, your parents at the time your brothers was there any family members that recognize the problem or were they detached so, yeah, from I, it, you know? I mean at some point in there my my 16 month older um yeah brother brother yeah. he he got sober so he had it had some serious issues and um he ended up getting sober and yeah at some point in there he was always telling me that i'm an alcoholic and i'm like shut up like i, I that's you, you know, not me kind yeah, of a thing, right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know i'm yeah. still my life is good you know and uh, i i really never i just brushed that off i didn't give it a second thought you know at the time yeah. um but yeah he he knew we we were two two of the same him yeah. and i i mean so you were sort of ignoring that but you came to a point when you said, I reckon there's, this isn't right. 
there's a problem here. I'm addicted to the pills. Yeah. You know, you're drinking a little more because you, some people are hinting that yep. to you subtly. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but you kept going despite knowing yeah. this. You yeah. kept going and going. Um, there came a day eventually, you know, and I, I mean, it was years, you know, mm. but um, there came a day where I, the pills finally got to me because it like pills are so controlling. I just remember, you know, my my whole life was consumed with how I'm going to get the next pill. You know, it that that's just your life, period. You wake you up with that in mind. You don't care about anything yeah. else. Yeah. Like, if you don't have any more pills, you know you're going to feel like shit. Or, sorry, you're going to feel horrible. Yeah. You need to find the You get next dope pill. sick? Is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, you know. And um, mm. so... I, I just remember I was working at a, a bar restaurant in East Hampton, and, and that's when I was always at my worst. And every day I'd get in there and just be on the phone. You know, I'd work, but I'd be on the phone. How, you know. You're going I through go? the motions at work. Oh, yeah. But this was your driving yeah, purpose. Like, was just, yeah. Can you get them? Can, do I have to leave? Can you bring them here? Like, that's just your whole life, you know? Um, was they just what was it? What were the pills? Percocets. It was always just Percocet. Percocets or ox, oxycontins Oxy, yeah, at okay. the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you know, I finally it it came to a head, and I'm like, I I don't know, I can't live like this anymore. So I I did come clean with my girlfriend, and now she's my fiance at this point, or maybe not. I, yeah, I think at she that was. Point, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was close. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got on Suboxone, you know, and. And then, how, how does how did you one know about Suboxone and how did you get on it? I don't you know, know how I knew. Just maybe friends. Like, okay, I think I'd bought it illy, you know, off the streets, like just to feel better mm -hmm. from a person or yep. two. And I'm yep. like, how do I get on that? Okay. You know, I don't. You know, that would be a much wasn't as if you went into a, a program. Never, they, never did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. At that point, yeah. I never yeah. did. Yeah. Um. I just came clean to my girlfriend. I was like, I need help. Yeah. You know, can can we try to get me some help? Was she surprised? I don't know, because in the years before, she had found him, and so she had known that I had had issues. So she suspected or had yeah, some? Okay. I think, yeah, I think she was surprised that I was still doing them, oh, okay. to be honest. You yeah. know, I mean, I just hit it well. And, like, hmm. I, I was living in town here, and uh, my whole life was in East Hampton. Like, my job... My, my pill dealer, every you know. So on Fridays or Saturdays, I had Sunday, Mondays off for the longest time. So Saturdays, I'd come out this way and be like, if I don't have pills to get me through Sunday, Monday, I'm screwed, you know. And it, I just remember the weekends, every weekend I'd go withdraw by Monday, you know. And your tolerance was wearing out, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, You're I was... building up a tolerance. I was doing tell. a lot, yeah. you know. <laughs> the 80 milligram Oxycontins, I mean, more than one of those very frequently you know well, I did a lot of those but I never I too. never crossed the bridge into heroin because I always had a pill dealer okay you know often we hear from people who go to their pill dealer and they're out and they say you know out of desperation they go to use heroin. this I mean instead. my pill yeah. dealer is dead from a heroin overdose so wow yeah, yeah. okay it's yeah. it's crazy now it's 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 all fentanyl anyway so now nah, i mean yeah. i i'm lucky i got sober mm -hmm. when i did yeah. you know because now it's a different world out there now well you um you went through this and you got on suboxone and said okay well that's helping it's making you feel a little better yeah. a little less dope sick however 
it kept going and you you ended up well my alcoholism just exploded because yeah. I, I am who i am i don't want to be in my own self mm. you know i don't know how to deal with my feelings and and who i am without some kind of outlet so i just became a really bad alcoholic um i say that i wasn't like you know i still functioning but mm. i'm drinking every day i mean i was drinking on my way to work at the log cabin you know what were you drinking uh, it always changed, you know, began, twisted teas for a long time till it just the acid reflux was so bad between twisted teas and all the pills you're taking. Like, so, I, I mean, Budweiser at one it point. It would be but, uh, a vodka, beer, anything. Was it just, I was never a crazy hard no. alcohol guy. Okay. So. At the end, I was drinking so many Hornsby ciders, like a lot of them things. <laughs> and it was not a good situation. I mean, I would wake up in the morning, my stomach would be hurting me so bad, and I, I wouldn't even think twice about cracking a Hornsby on the way to work. Like, it just tasted like a sweet apple juice. It was amazing. Wow. wow. You know? Wow. Yeah, I used to blame the shakes on the caffeine. Like, oh, I need a coffee. Like, are you kidding me? I laugh at it now. I mean, I know what it is now, but I was honestly naive back then. I didn't even know that the shakes were from the alcoholism, you know? That's definitely what it was in me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Looking back. <laughs> and so you uh, you kept this up for years, and then you, you mentioned earlier that you had gotten out of jail, but uh, we got what got so, you into jail? So, okay, so, the, you know, I was engaged yeah. with this girl, and um, I broke it off. And to make a long story short, that girl took care of me. She, you know, I lived with her. She paid all the bills, everything, and... And so I have nothing. I'm just like, I can't do anything for myself. I've never been by myself my whole life, you know. So I break up with her. I have nothing. So I move back home with my mother. And here I am. I felt like this, you know, little one-inch little kid in this huge world. Like, I don't even know what to do. I was just a lost soul, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was relieved I wasn't marrying like the girl. I didn't inside want to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but... I didn't know who I was, what I was doing, or anything. And um, someone introduced me to crack, just one hit of crack, and I was like, of course I'll do it, you know? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> um, and that day forward, it was all downhill. I mean, um, I remember bouncing checks trying to get more crack the very first day I tried crack. I mean, and... Um, I don't remember the date of that. I want to say it was actually at a 4th of July party. So it was 4th of July of maybe 2009. Hmm. And by June 10th or 11th of 2010, I was on my way to jail. Um, so I only smoked crack for maybe 10 short months, but in that 10 months span of time I went to three psych wards for attempted suicides some I was forced into some I checked myself into um, never never accomplished a suicide thing obviously um, and uh, it ended with the year in jail for so me and this person uh, robbed a store so we could get money for for crack and it's not funny it's I see some humor in it now that nobody got hurt um, I am who I am because of me yeah. going through it and uh, let's look at the facts I robbed a gas station and got caught because I ran out of gas so 
that's where the humor lies. <laughs> you didn't think to rob any gas. Yeah, no, no. I mean, nobody says crackhead criminals are smart. <laughs> but yeah, You're the that... second person <laughs> in this show that has robbed a place and on the getaway ran out of gas. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, so, it wasn't like we robbed it and went on the getaway, but that is the circumstance of how we got caught. We, like, you know, we ran to a hotel, changed our clothes, and got in the car and ran out of gas right next to the gas station we just robbed. And so it's swarming with cops. And um, they see two people who fit the description. They, you know, search us. and wasn't we, hard to figure it out. We didn't there, even yeah. get arrested that day. They just sat there and built their case from that day forward because they knew it was us, you know. So did you end up on one of you know those dumb criminals lists? You I, see those sometimes. No, you know, I but I, I mean I'm I imagine I was on channel twenty two, my face yeah. and that, you know, pretty embarrassing. But Yeah, and at the time, right, you weren't of your right. At, oh, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no I don't there's know. much of those days that I don't I don't even right. recall. I mean so. I I can't explain to you, you know, the the depths of hell that that drug brought me to. You and know? in a short time. Uh, within 11 months yeah. yeah i mean i i literally i i remember taking a, a whole bunch of heroin like i, I don't want to get into specifics because i don't want to teach anybody anything but a lot of heroin more than i've ever done and i did it and i i all at once like just trying to die hoping i would overdose and i i think honestly my adrenaline was just so high because i I knew what I was doing. That it, that's probably what saved me. Maybe I don't know. Somehow, you yeah. know, like why didn't I die? I should have overdosed. It's way more than I ever took. Or the stuff was just not good. I don't. I don't know. But I'm here. You know, I literally did that and went and parked in a cemetery and leaned against someone's grave. You know, hoping that thinking I, that was you're gonna hoping not wake you know? up. From and, there. Yeah. and I went and checked myself in after that because it's like you're at that point. Like where do you have to go, man? You know, like, I can't even make this work. Yeah. 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 So you checked yourself in? Yeah, that um, was that. I think that might have been the last time I checked myself in. I don't. I uh, didn't, went to a lot of a lot of psych wards in in a lot, couple of months, you know. That year, I mean, prior to that, certainly that led to it. But that year really tore you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a dark year in my life, you know. Um, and you ended up getting arrested afterwards. And yeah, ended up in yeah. jail. You know, my mother had kicked me out. I was living in a tent on Mount Tom. You know, I was bouncing from there to hotels on. River you weren't working road. anymore. I was no. I was had separated from the log cabin. They at least laid me off, so I was getting unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I'd get my unemployment check and get a hotel for a couple nights, and then go to the tent. <laughs> you know, it was a good way of life. You survived, and I, I did. That's yeah. all you were doing. I, yeah. yeah. It was just, you were just existing, just, you know, the anxiety when you, I didn't have the drug. It was like, you don't withdraw from crack. It's not like heroin, but the anxiety of like not having anything, it was, I can't even ever explain that, those feelings to someone who hasn't gone through it. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, I couldn't be in my own skin. You know, it was horrible, horrible. Hence part of the reason why you said, I can't, and you yeah. had attempted suicide in, a couple in, of times in a different also, way. Also, I had yeah. tried to get into rehab. Like, it's yeah. not like I didn't I didn't want to live like that by any means. I just couldn't do it on my own. And I did yeah. go to rehab, and I did, um, you know, I spent a couple of weeks at this place in Nawkeg, it's called. It was a really good rehab, and I was sober, and I went from there to a sober house, and... 
and I ended up drinking after, you know, 10 days at the sober house or whatever, but life was turning around quickly. You're on the pink cloud, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got kicked out of the sober house and it didn't take long for me to be right back. You know, that's when mom had kicked me out and it got really bad. That's when we did the robbery, you know, I had nothing at that point. You were that desperate that you did nothing else? No, we just needed money to get high one day. Yeah. You ended up in jail uh, for how long? Um, 11 months, three weeks, and a few days. You know, I don't know exactly, but it was just a couple days shy of a year. Because I I got really lucky. I mean, I should have been in state prison because uh, the charges that I got charged with were automatic state pr- five-year state prison for a mask. I'm like, here, I've never broken a law in my life. You had, you had, a, mask. had a mask on. I, I don't know laws like that. I didn't know. I was just trying not to get caught, you know. But um, come to find out, if you do a robbery, you know, just leave the mask off because you're going to get caught. Just save the five-year mandatory state prison sentence, you know. So somehow you evaded. The so state yeah, I got. There. I actually got a really good lawyer. Um, free. It was a one of the state lawyers, but Dependent, they yeah. good lawyers end up having to do pro bono work, and mm-hmm. I got lucky, and I got a good lawyer. And um, you know, I I would call him all the time, like, "What's going on? What's going on?" He's like, "Just be patient, be patient." And um, he ended up. You know, working out with the DA, a deal that um, they would drop the mask charge. So that saved me from going state, up to state yeah, prison. Yeah. And, um, you know, they we went in on a plea. And we once you go in on a plea, you still have to get it um, okayed by the judge. And we go in there, and, uh, like, the judge was like, I don't know about this. This is way too lenient of, of a sentence for Mm. what you did you know i don't know that i can agree to this and uh here i am like like hey this is supposed to be all set yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so i didn't know that was a possibility but that never happens it's a rarity that that the judge goes against you know the the two and so now i'm like oh my what is happening and he hemmed and hot and finally he he okayed it he went along it. with it yeah. yeah and i got a lot of probation a suspended sentence and all that stuff but i got out the next day i got out with um you know it was a year a year in jail with a year suspended and like four years probation or something okay you know a lot yeah um so the next day i got out was, and like you said prior to that you hadn't Aside from drug use, but but you hadn't committed any crimes. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've first, always yeah. been a contributing member of society. Yeah. You know, I, I spent yeah. years at the log cabin, and, and like the log cabin is such a big part of my life, mm-hmm. like such a big part of my story. You know, um, and you know, I was managing up there. Like, I wasn't just a, a salad maker either. Like, I, I ran that the kitchen for a, a long time. Went to the Delaney house. Like, it was a huge part of my life. You know. Um, so it's not like I was, you know, another employee or whatever. Like, they're still the owner of the cabin, Mick. He's still one of my closest friends. Yep. He's a great guy, yep. you know. And so. they've supported you through. Oh, yeah, Mick. Is, Mick. Yeah. I called Mick the night I got arrested because he knows a lot of people. And <laughs> I, I think he called the West Side PD, and they were like, Mick, there's nothing we can do to this one, you know. It was a serious charge. It was you know? tough. Yeah. yeah. So when you got out... 
out of jail and you say, okay, what else can go wrong here, right? You've been in jail, you've gone through the, the drug use and everything and the drinking. Um, something changed that you said, okay, now what? Oh, something changed in jail. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. What, what was well, that? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> coming out of... You know, I was sober in jail. I didn't have any drugs, so no, I had you didn't to have live much with of a myself. Either, did yeah. You? Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I, it was honestly all of six months before I even started coming out of this fog that I lived in from all the drugs. Of so, you know, it was. I was. It took you that long to almost detox yourself. I was yourself, what right? the end yeah. of, in my late thirties, you know. So yeah. I was almost twenty years of doing doing hard drugs and drinking, and you know. Yeah, it, it took a long time, a lot of Snickers bars to get me to start coming out of that. I just ate Snickers bars and honey buns and gained a lot of weight, and they baked fresh breads, and I just ate and ate and ate. Yeah, that was your replacement drug, yeah, I guess, so to speak, yeah, right? Yeah. Just, uh... um, but it took a long time, and, and I was just like, I don't ever want to come back to this place. And the only way I'm ever not going to come back is just not to do drugs again. You so know? this was a self, I mean, you it wasn't. was there a, a person that was instrumental, or was it yourself that you just said, you know I what? It was I just, I don't want to ever be in this position again. It was that simple. You know, yeah. I, I took my mother through hell. I took my brothers through hell. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, I just... I don't ever want to do that again. I don't want to live like that. Nobody wants to live like that. So, like, I tried to get away from crack, but, like, I had, I thanked my mother for not bailing me out, you know, because I could have been out of jail any day. It would have just perpetuated everything. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and uh, I needed, I, I say this now, like, I needed that full year away from that drug not to go back to it. I could have been bailed out in six months, and I probably would have gone back to it. You know, six six months. I don't know that that would have been a long enough you time. You said six months. It took you that long just to get that. That's what I mean. Out yeah. Of your head. So yeah, say so. I got bailed out in four months. I I eventually I didn't know how to deal with myself still. So I would have definitely found that drug again. And aware you know? that that jail was the best thing that happened. To you. Oh, hands down. Uh, there was no rehab in the world that was going to keep me away from that drug. No way. I, I had to be locked up. It, that for me I'm just speaking for me other right. people may may do it different ways but I know the grasp that that drug had on me and it it's uh it's, it's unbearable that was one place where you didn't have a choice that you didn't have options you didn't have a, a means to yeah. get that, yeah yeah so it was forced yep. but it worked for you yep best rehab when, in the world yeah <laughs> you don't recommend that I was I don't the, recommend the first that. go-to place anyway. <laughs> no, but. Uh, but so once you, okay, you get this through your head and you say, okay, um, you got to get out and start a life again from nothing. I so the day before I got arrested, yeah. I um, I sold my car and we smoked it all that day, <laughs> literally. So I, when I got out of jail, I had some clothes, but that. That was, was it. it. Yeah. So it was kind of like a big now what? What, um, what, what you know. <laughs> Did you go back to your mom's or Yeah, yeah mom yeah. took me back. God mm-hmm. God bless her. Um but uh I had day reporting for so I had to go to Northampton every yeah. Monday through Friday like 9 to 2, something like that. Okay. And um there were just like drug classes and whatnot. And you're in there 
with people from I was in there with people from the Hampshire County Jail. Like none of them care. Like I I didn't want to live like that, so I actually tried to get something out of the class and I knew that I'm turning my life around at this point, you know. So I took everything serious. Um but I had to go to these classes, so they gave me something to do during the day and then at night I I had an ankle bracelet on for a while. Um, I would just go to meetings, and then I think I had to be, had a curfew probably, mm-hmm. and um, I would be home, you know. And I just that was my life. I go to the the class in the day and get picked up at night. I didn't have a car or anything, you know. Go to a meeting and then come home. And I slowly built a foundation in AA and um, got some sober friends and. You went to AA meetings locally here. Yeah, in, in, yeah, mm-hmm. and mostly in Hoyoke, mm-hmm. Northampton. Mm-hmm. Um, Chickabee, like just that was my home base group. I was yep. living in East Hampton at my mother's at the time. Okay. Um, um, so it took a while. I mean, there was, you know, that was 10 years ago. This, yeah. what, about a month ago? It was about 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, it was yeah. May, May 4th, is when I, I walked out of jail and lit up a cigarette. 2012. Like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. After being away from cigarettes for a year, I lit one up right in the parking lot. <laughs> Do you still smoke? I don't smoke anymore, <laughs> no. So, um... Well, you, you earned that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I picked it right back up, yeah, though. Yeah. I definitely became yeah. a smoker again right oh, away. Okay. But I didn't care. I just wanted to stay away from the drugs and the alcohol, you mm. know. And, and uh, how I did that was just building a foundation in AA. I owe it all to that, you know, that and my will to not want, you know, you can't yeah. do it on your will alone, though, I don't believe. No, and then in the end, not in the end, but because <laughs> it's not the end. Yeah. It's, um, you're always in progress. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in those years that followed, you, you, you met someone, you started a business, yeah, you began great. running. Yeah. And I mentioned that really because I'd said long distance road, but you've run marathons, half marathons, and yeah. even longer. Um, I did a yeah. one fifty miler. Yeah. That's almost two marathons. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Jeez, how long? That was take? one of the greatest days of my life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hands down, like that. Yeah. It's a culmination of a lot of hard work and. Uh, well, you, you have know. to train forever. To, yeah. Yeah. And I did it with my one of my closer friends, and um, yeah, it, the day was amazing. It was just, it was amazing. It, to think that I can even do stuff like that. You didn't do this. You didn't run before, did you? No, I. Um, yeah. Why did you take that up? I got out of jail and, um, you know, AA and um, it's it's weird, you know. People, there's so many people in AA, and uh, my oldest brother's ex roommate was in AA. A good friend from growing up, like I've known him since I was like two, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he was started bringing me around a lot and. Um, He's a runner, and he's like, let's go run. And I still remember the first day I went for a run with him around Ashley Reservoir. I'm like, all right, we'll go to that telephone pole. And then we walked, and I was a smoker back then, yeah. you know? Yeah. And just, I took it up. I just started running, you know? All my sober friends are runners, I think. It just, um, it's what we do, I guess. Yeah. I used to run, then I had knee. I got, Yeah, that'll put a damper on Yeah, <laughs> multiple knee stuff, yeah. so I can't run anymore, which kills me, because what I used to love about running is in a moment, you can say, I'm going to decide to run, and by the it takes the time it takes you to put your sneakers on, you're out the door. Yeah, yeah. 
there's no preparation. It doesn't matter what the weather. And sometimes yeah. the worse the weather, the better. Yeah. It just feels I good. like running in, in the rain. In the rain. Or some, yeah, it's, it's, nice. it's good. Yeah. And it really is something. It, it really is something for your your mental state. Yeah. It, yep. It's a great thing, and I miss doing that. So I yeah. opened the deli. Um, so I, I did my 50 in September of 2019, I think. All right. Yeah. And, and then... We had the pandemic or whatever, and I, I didn't really run much. I've never been a winter runner. Um, and then I opened the deli at the end of, like, my whole summer and fall, I worked on opening the deli. I just stopped running, you know, and I was always hurting because 50 killed me. And um, so I, sto I stopped running and opened the deli, and I'm just getting back into running now. But I think I'm into it again now. I got my eyes set on things and any I, marathons I, coming up? Nothing specific, <laughs> okay. but yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to run something again. I'm not done with my running. Joey's training for a, a hundred. Like in my in my running world, I I don't run a lot. Put it that way. My people that I run with are doing hundreds and you know fifties left and right. <laughs> I've done a hundred on a bike. Yeah, that's yeah, a little easier yeah. than running. <laughs> so Joey's doing training to do a hundred. She she uh, did seventy two last year. That's so. for seven in in a day a day. Yeah, just straight. You, you know, it just takes a while. It's like Forrest Gump stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just not that fast. <laughs> I don't think you he know? was very fast. But I get. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I have to follow it and yeah. see how how she does. Yeah. Wow. And the, and the deli's going great now. Um, the deli's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know they when I first when I got out of jail and you go to a people are all, the biggest thing they say i never would have expected my life to be like this and being new back then you're like whatever my life's not going to change that much you know and jesus look at i i just can't even fathom i can't put into words what my life is like now i i never you know coming from jail having a few articles of clothing to to building it up to where i am now is pretty crazy to the to the place to go now in yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you saw somebody, and I know you you'd never have, no one has the right answer, but if you saw somebody going through what you went through, the cocaine or drugs or the heroin or the oxy pills or drinking, and yes, is there any? If you had somebody sitting here is there anything you might say to them that like i mean just don't stop trying yeah because like, to be fair I, if you asked a hundred addicts active addicts maybe one of them might be like i don't want to stop they all that nobody wants to live like that you know so they try and they they fail and they try and they fail well, don't don't stop trying you know did you while you're going through it and if somebody were to say that to you did you have hopelessness and depression enough to think that yeah you could talk to me all day but i'm never going to come Absol out of this absolutely yeah, yeah. I, there was zero light at the end of the tunnel for me at the time and if someone else is thinking just what you were thinking i know it's you, you can't say the magic there's words there's no way to get through to you, you yeah know? you um, just just hope that some somewhere somehow they see a glimmer of hope i mean because i don't know that i ever i didn't see it i did not see it you couldn't have imagined, like no you said. Way. No way. No, I, I mean, we. I went to AA meetings, high on crack. You know, you like, gave up enough too that to say you wanted to end your life. Yeah, I, I would yeah. have done anything, to to die. Like I did not want to live anymore. 
and never mind somebody saying, oh, oh, never mind, John, it'll get better. Yeah. Someday you'll have this and this and this, and you would have looked at them like they're crazy and yeah, shut yeah. up and go away. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's the reaction you might get if you were trying to talk to yeah, somebody. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. you know, to talk to somebody who's active, you know, because they're not thinking straight either. Yeah. They're just not, you know, they they probably think they are, but, like, you're, you're not. They're it, not. It's hard. But your your certainly is your story is an inspiration um, to come out of what you came out of. Yeah, I'm lucky. I mean, I am uh, one of the few, the lower percentile that survives and doesn't go back to jail. You know. But it's an example people can look up to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know that's partly why we do this, why we talk, because yeah. there's stories that we've heard people say, "Hey, you know what? I years ago I heard a story that." that said, oh, that's me, or I can do that if that person did that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you, uh, through your story, reach somebody I and say, hey. I hope so, you know. You know and, yeah. and I didn't even want to put that out on Facebook. And, and uh, you know, my, <laughs> Here you are. My Facebook person, <laughs> Nick and jo Joey, they're like, yeah, you are. You're yeah. putting that out there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know, I, I don't do the Facebook. I let her her do it, you know. But um, And when people, at least my experience in, in this sort of, Thing. and we've been meeting with so many people and I think less can say the same thing as we both said it, it the stigma of it all first of all it's mm -hmm. always there and you think oh wow you know this person was a, a drug addict or an alcoholic and you know they may have been homeless or maybe whatever and just um, I've all the people I've met with during this podcast and the book that we wrote is the tremendous respect and the courage it takes to say, you know what, this, this is who I am. This is my life, and if my story can help somebody, then I'm willing to tell it. Yeah. And as hard as it is to do that, um, it's, it's a courageous thing. And we've had many people say, hey, you know what, um, I would just like that guy. Or I see myself or my family in yeah. that person's story. And so maybe I can learn something and change something or motivate somebody to make a change. Any of those things could happen. We may never know about it, and that's okay. But you, you certainly are uh, among many of the people who've been on this show an, an example to hopefully do that, do the same thing, and like that. That's why yeah. it's important for people that are struggling to, yeah. in, like I said, I went to AA, um, mm -hmm. high on crack. Well, go to a meeting, even if you're not sober. Go to a meeting. Like mm. you just have have to have the desire to go to a meeting. Because you may see yourself in someone talking, you know, like, and next thing you know, you're a light will go off. That that may just be the light that you need to to get you to keep going to another meeting. Right. You know, I I like the meetings. I don't go that much anymore. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, my life's changed a lot. I don't have the time, um, which is a bad excuse. I sh I should be going to meetings. But what AA did for me nothing there's nothing in this world that could do do for me you know i learned things about myself that i never never would have learned without going to a right i'm a big believer in a and what it does for people and you didn't know what you didn't know yeah it's a saying in it, a yeah. you don't know what you don't know you yeah. know yeah um yeah it it, it it helped me a lot well i think you know? it'll help other people too i hope so um well we'll we'll keep talking and uh again maybe we'll get another update yeah see what's going on at the deli for sure <laughs> so if you're in agawam visit joey's deli it's great and um 
Uh, thanks for coming. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Thank you for appreciate having it. me. Yeah, I thanks appreciate for it. Taking the time to, to share your story. No problem. And, uh, maybe maybe if pleasure. your Facebook person wants, you can agree to this. <laughs> Yes, they they push me into doing stuff. So it's my birthday, and they're pushing me into. That's this Friday, right? Yeah. All right. Well, happy. Happy birthday. Thank you. They already told me that the post is going to be my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) But they, she just does it. Whatever's going to get the most views, she does. (laughs) Well, thanks again. Thank you. you Taking time out, and uh, and everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, See you soon. See you next week. Thanks.